0: The PBS NewsHour podcast is supported in part by Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. What if we could block a protein to stop runaway cell division? Dana-Farber Cancer Institute laid the foundation for CDK4-6 inhibitors, drugs designed to treat many advanced breast cancers. Learn more at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere.
1: I'm on the deck of a big white cruise ship that's full of tourists. We're all headed to Antarctica, but right now... Good God! I'm just hoping to make it through today. The wind is blowing so hard, it'll knock you over if you don't hold on tight. The waves are big and rolling. They're one or two stories high. Some of them break over the front of the ship as it pitches up and down with each swell. Inside, at dinner, it's not much better. The dining room is half empty... Most of the passengers are stuck in their rooms, seasick. The few of us who are here are holding on to our plates and glasses and forks. Get ready for the rollback. Because everything is sliding and falling off the fancy white tablecloths. We're in the middle of the notorious Drake Passage, just off the southern tip of South America. My colleagues Emily Carpo and Mike Fritz are here too, and after the trip, they had the same thought I did. We were not warned it was going to be like this.
2: I don't remember being really prepped at all other than, I mean, I remember even looking on their website and as the itinerary said something along the lines of, you know, on day two, wait to the gentle rolling of the Drake Pass. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> gentle rolling. Oh, my God, we should find that on their website because it's, I forgot. You remember you showed that to me and I was like, that is a that's false yeah. advertising. I mean, there was one night where I literally came out of bed, and I was sleeping right next to you because we were we had the pleasure of sharing a room on this trip. He means me. And you were like, "Good God, you just fall out of bed!" <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was like, I, "I think so." In
2: the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I got up and I got some water and I was able to go back to sleep. But it was it was quite an experience to try to sleep in that.
1: Welcome on board the RCGS Resolute. Yeah. From the PBS NewsHour, this is The Last Continent, a four-part journey to Antarctica. I'm William Brangham. Okay, back to the ship. We set off on our trip from the southern end of Argentina. We passed Cape Horn and then headed south That's where we entered the Drake. It's a 600-mile-long channel between South America and Antarctica where the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean converge into what's called the Southern Ocean.
0: Yeah, the last time I crossed going south, we had someone that was tossed out of their bunk and ended up in their bathroom.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thrown out of their bed.
0: Yeah. It's not a good thing to tell people that have paid thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars.
1: Alexandra Isern has crossed the Drake Passage many times. She oversees all the Antarctic science that's done through the National Science Foundation. They fund scientific research all over the world and occasionally fund some news hour reporting as well. ICERN is clearly a lot tougher than we are because she usually goes in ships that are a lot less fancy and a lot less stabilized than the one we took. Why is it so rough?
0: Essentially, the Southern Ocean is like a big river around the bottom of the Earth because it has no barriers. So if you look at a map, there's a real pinch point between the Antarctic Peninsula and South America. And as a result, you get very fast moving storms, but they create, because of this constraint, very turbulent seas. And so anyone that tells you it's not a big deal, it's not telling the truth.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Can we just talk about showering on that boat? I mean, I definitely almost fell off the toilet once.
1: Just like, from the pitching of yeah, the of the cabin. Like they need
2: to put like a harness in the shower or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Again,
1: I think that kind of defeats the whole luxury tourist ethos.
2: But doesn't also like, you know, cracking your skull open <laughs> or like urinating everywhere? <laughs> I could have gone for a harness. So <laughs> yeah.
1: Totally natural showering in a full harness.
2: I mean, it was nuts.
1: It was, it was nuts.
2: <laughs> it was really
0: nuts. Those are the albatrosses down in the water, or petrels, and then there were some Magellanic penguins. Oh, the penguins are jumping.
1: We're on this This, cruise ship with about 140 tourists, all part uh, of the 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 mini-tourism boom that's going on in Antarctica. Cool! About 52,000 people took this trip last year. Sure, that's not that many people. The Empire State Building handles that many in less than a week. But it's a record for Antarctica, and the numbers keep growing. Good afternoon, everyone. Hi folks, if I could just hold your attention. That's David McGonigal. He works for One Ocean Expeditions and he's leading our trip. He says the real tourism boom began when the Cold War ended. Suddenly, there was a surplus of Soviet ships with thick, reinforced hulls that could handle icy waters. When the Soviet Union collapsed, the Soviet fleet of ice-strengthened vessels became available and people realized they could actually charter those and bring those down and there was kind of a... That was what started the whole rush in the 1990s. The tourists on our trip are from all over, the US, the UK, Australia, Malaysia, Japan. And this is not budget travel. They've each had to pay about 12 dollars to $20,000 for this two-week cruise. Once we get to Antarctica, there will be hiking, and kayaking, and taking other excursions to see the penguins and the other wildlife. Take a look out on the port side of the ship forward, Everyone's crowded around because there's about three or four humpback whales just off the front of the ship. Most of the passengers on the ship are sporting some seriously big cameras. Some have lenses that are as long as my arm. When any wildlife gets spotted... Everyone rushes to that side of the ship to get their shot.
2: How many cannon lenses does it take to photograph a whale?
1: (laughs) Not enough. Not enough. (laughs) It's worth the Drake's passage, you know, the rolling and the washing, machining before you get there. Among our shipmates is Yusuf Hashim from Malaysia. He's a 73-year-old retired oil executive. He has this beautifully long, flowing head of white hair, and he too wears an enormous camera around his neck. This is his fourth trip to Antarctica. I think this is a very beautiful place, and I will never tire of looking at icebergs and penguins. It makes it all worth living. Yossi Silverman from San Francisco says he came on this trip to shut out the outside world. It seemed like everything else was going wrong this year. Going to the end of the world seemed like the right thing to do. (laughs) Was this something you've always wanted to do, or you just came to this idea more recently? We're we're very keen on open spaces and uh, solitude, finding ourselves... John and Hermione Raff are from northern England. He's an Anglican minister. She's a family therapist.
2: And you have these ideas about Antarctica, and you hear about the beauty of it. And uh, we wanted to come and see it before either it disappeared or we disappeared.
0: Well, thank you, thank you. For coming along this afternoon. The title of the presentation is A Little Vague. Opening up Antarctica.
1: To round out the tourist experience, many companies, including One Ocean, hire historians to travel on their ships and give lectures to fill in some of the backstory of the icy continent. Katie Murray from Scotland is the historian on our ship.
0: A lot of people are attracted by the history. They've read the great stories of Shackleton, of Scott and Amundsen, and they want to come and see the arena, they want to come and see what Antarctica, where all these stories were played out, is actually like. When the first explorers got to Antarctica, as far as we know, they really were the first men to set eyes on the continent... And when they set foot or discovered.
1: If you know one fact about the history of Antarctica, it's probably something about the famous British explorer, Ernest Shackleton.
2: Some ways before we actually left, I came into work one day and there was this book on my desk from <laughs> you, William. And it was a book about Shackleton, which I think ended up just putting the fear of God in me a little bit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was the point. Yeah. Well, I, I, mean, you I had, got that. You had inscribed.
2: Uh, oh, yeah. What did you inscribe in there You, you inscribed um, ICE team member, Mike, read this and pray we experience nothing of the sort,
1: WB.
2: <laughs> and then I read the back and then I was like, good God, where are we going?
1: Shackleton is one of the legends of what's called the heroic age of Antarctic exploration, He's famous not so much for what he discovered, but for the crazy feat of survival he pulled off under just incredibly tough circumstances. Back in 1914, Shackleton set off with a team of 28 men, traveling south on a ship called the Endurance. It looked like your typical turn-of-the-century wooden sailing ship, three masts, 124 feet long, 35 feet wide. But she was sturdy and built for icy waters. Shackleton's goal was to land and then cross the entire continent. They'd be the very first to do that. But before the men even reached Antarctica, the Endurance got stuck in sea ice. Antarctica grows a massive halo of sea ice around its perimeter in the wintertime. The continent literally doubles in size because of it. And that ice grabbed hold of the Endurance and didn't let go. The ship was stuck for 10 months. There are some incredible photos that show the Endurance frozen in place. They were taken by the expedition's photographer, Frank Hurley. Google them. They are amazing. Hurley's last photo of the Endurance shows it being crushed to pieces by the ice. The ship is an unrecognizable clump of wood, rope, and sails. That book I gave Mike and Emily about Shackleton is Alfred Lansing's 1959 classic called Endurance, Here's how Lansing describes the scene when the men are standing on the ice watching the Endurance finally sink. Then slowly, silently, she disappeared
2: beneath the ice, leaving only a small gap of black, open water to mark where she'd been. This is Mike reading. Within 60 seconds, even that was gone as the ice closed up again. It had all happened in 10 minutes. And so they were alone, Now, in every direction, there was nothing to be seen but the endless ice. A place where no man had ever been before, nor could they conceive that any man would ever want to be again.
0: When the worst happens and your ship goes down and you're still at least a thousand kilometers from the edge of the open ocean, no help is coming for you. You need to rescue yourself effectively and you managed to do so, that's absolutely incredible.
1: I won't tell the whole story of how Shackleton and his men survived, but it is one of those all-time great survival tales. Lansing's book tells it beautifully. You should read it. But in short, those men spent over a year on the ice. They had to eat their dogs. They pulled off two long ocean crossings in tiny boats. Then they climbed a snowy mountain range with no maps. And they finally reached a remote Norwegian whaling station where they could get on a ship back home. And remember, they did all this with no Gore-Tex, no polar fleece. They were sleeping in the bitter cold, on the ice, in slimy sleeping bags made out of reindeer skin. The whole thing justifies description. In 2002, when the BBC polled the people of England to name the top 100 Britons of all time, Ernest Shackleton was number 11. Ahead of Paul McCartney, who was number 19. And way ahead of Charles Dickens, all the way down at 41. They now teach lessons about Shackleton's leadership at Harvard Business School and at the U.S. Naval Academy. And here we are.
2: Cheers, Tom. Cheers.
1: Traveling the same Southern Ocean that Shackleton did. But we're doing it in a luxury cruise ship with yoga classes and cocktails and a hot tub. And the conditions that we're traveling under are are not that dissimilar from Shackleton, right? (laughs) Right?
0: Have you been enjoying your reindeer sleeping bag? Oh,
1: it's so comfortable. (laughs) Even when it gets wet, it's fine.
0: (laughs) It's quite incredible.
1: On the next episode, we reach the icy continent. Whoa. And meet the penguins who live there as well as the man who's counted millions of these birds. Look at
0: them go underwater. Zoom, zoom, zoom. You Look. I know. It's incredible.
1: Literally flying underwater. How climate change is threatening two beloved species.
2: There are going to be climate change winners, and there's going to be some climate change losers.
1: That's on the next episode of The Last Continent. If you want to see Antarctica and meet the tourists from our trip and see Shackleton and his gang, visit our website, pbs.org slash newshour last continent There you can find our video series that first aired on the NewsHour broadcast, plus other photographs and extras. And to hear all four episodes of The Last Continent, make sure to subscribe in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Last Continent was produced by Vika Aronson, Mike Fritz, Emily Carpo, and me, William Brangham. Editing by Erica R. Hendry. Production assistance by Chris Ford. Fact-checking was done by Seekon Akpan, Maya Lene Bura, Amber Partida, and Zoe Rorick. Music by Blue Dot Sessions. Special thanks to Travis Daub, Vanessa Dennis, Brennan Butler, Stefan Rode, James Williams, Julia Griffin, Dan Cooney, Dima Zane, Malia Posey, Adam Saraf, and Laura Strum. Thanks also to Dan Devaney and Bruce Kane at WETA FM. Sarah Just is our executive producer. Thanks so much for listening, and please don't forget to let us know what you think of the show. Tweet us at NewsHour or leave us a review in Apple Podcasts.
0: Oh my God, I really am going to
2: vomit. I got to no, get out of here.